Wow. Um, well, actually, I haven't got a purely South African accent. I grew up in California, though I was born in Zimbabwe, and um, so I kind of have a mixed-up accent. So if you were hoping for that, that purity, you're not going to get it today. Um, <laughs> so if you don't know me, um, my name is Ken Deploy, and my wife Rona and I have been privileged to be part of the Northlands community for the last nearly seven years. Um, we, as you know, serve on the eldership here and also have had a real privilege to serve on the ministry team uh, where we've got to pray with so many of you. That's been a real honor for us. And um, then also we have led community groups most of the seasons and the semesters in the past few years. This morning I want to talk to you about something that has been important to me to figure out, understand, it's, and the, the truths that I'll share have been uh, strengthening to me, helped me find my way in situations that I didn't anticipate. I think every one of us have moments that we didn't plan for. And uh, um, so I want to speak to you this morning about navigating those unplanned paths. As I said, we all are on a journey in our walk with the Lord, and uh, the reality is it's not always just a straight shot. <laughs> there are twists and turns along the way, and we find ourselves going through things we didn't expect, that we don't understand them because they weren't necessarily part of our plan. But the good word is that uh, in Acts 13, it says that uh, David served God's purpose in his own generation. And every one of us, like David, has been created and called to God's purpose, his purpose for our time, for our season, where we are, what we're going through, and what we've been through. Uh, I've heard before that uh, we are the sum total of our past experience. The Lord doesn't waste any opportunity in our lives, and so we are uh, created with God's purpose to live out his plan and to serve his purpose for us, for me, for you, not for the guy next to you, but nobody else can serve your purpose in your time. So we need to know how to do that. I know that we're often faced with doubts and questions when things don't work out as they should, but I wanna tell you that you do have a purpose. You do have a destiny. The Lord is not confused by your life, and you might not even realize it, but he's always had a plan for you. For me, I, I, from a very, the earliest age that I can remember as a youngster, I was so blessed to be in a family where my, uh, sorry, I'm a crier, I apologize. Things happen. It means a lot to me. So whenever I get to a certain point, you know, just forgive me. But um, uh, my parents were in ministry as missionaries and pastors, and uh, and we were so blessed with an environment where God was honored. And I couldn't help but catch that, I guess. And that doesn't make me any special, any uh, better or more qualified than you because it's an individual thing with God, but what I'm thankful for is from the time I can remember, I was aware of God. 
And I somehow sensed that he had a plan for my life, even as a very young child. And I knew it was somehow a reality to me. In our home, I don't remember it ever being a question whether God loved us or whether he was a good God. Uh, I didn't grow up in that legalistic, uh, difficult, hard world. We loved the Lord and wanted to give him everything we had. And so that kind of was, I caught it. And um, somehow I knew that he loved me and regardless of whether I had surrendered my life to him and started to serve him personally, I, I, I loved him. Isn't that weird? But I believe, you know, I just was in that environment. And I, I think for each of us, you can know him. <laughs> you can know he loves you and you can love him, but there comes a point where you need to surrender to him. You need to give your life to him. So uh, as a teenager, I got involved in with the wrong kind of people like many of us do and the wrong kind of things and got involved in the, the wrong situations and many times being so aware that God had more for me than what I seemed to be stuck in. And I wasn't very old, but you know, God cares about you when you're a kid too. And, and, and I, 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 I got to a place where I felt like I had really squandered that love and those opportunities that God had for me. I started to really feel, feel like a less than, you know? I felt condemned and worthless, and perhaps I'd missed God's best for my life, and though I knew he had something better, somehow I didn't know how to untangle myself from what I was involved in and the people I was with and the peer pressure. I don't know, maybe none of you have been there, but maybe you have. A great thing happened to, for me. Uh, I guess my time's up. <laughs> okay, bless you folks. Now you had <laughs> The incredible thing that happened for me is though we grew up in a ministry home, um, my, we, didn't, we had to have an individual experience with the Lord. And my middle sister, Lynn, she got saved in a whole different church and they were having revival and the Lord was moving and young people were, you know, just really surrendering everything. And, and so I saw an incredible change in her life. She and I didn't always get on well, you know, uh, and, 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 and then she changed so much that she became a real blessing to me. She became sweet. It was, she's watching, sorry, Lynn, but she wasn't sweet before, let me just tell you. But Jesus changed her life, and I saw it, you know, little brother, and, and, and I, I realized there was something real there. She and her husband, fiance at the time, used to come home every night, and they would sit in the car and pray. I mean, they loved the Lord that much they were praying. And, and I, so I, I realized that was happening. But in my walk with the Lord, I came to a point where there was a situation. I, I began to be so desperate in myself. And there was a particular situation where I really needed a miracle. Uh, I hadn't done my part and I needed God's help. And so I thought, well, I'll wait up that night when they come home and want to pray, I'll go and ask them to pray for me, and then I'll go to bed, and they can do the praying. And I got to the window of the car and said, well, you got to pray for me. They said, sure, get in. We'll pray with you. Well, I wasn't really planning on that, 
But anyway, uh, I got in the car and they started praying. And I want to just tell you, I can't remember anything about what they prayed or what they said. Did I have water here somewhere? I guess it's gone. Um, Tyler took it. <laughs> I stepped in on him at the wrong time. He decided to get me back. But anyway, I want to tell you that from the moment they started to pray, I was on my own. And I had a personal encounter with this Jesus that I always knew. That I always knew to love me and that I always loved. And I, you know, I just saw a picture in my mind's eye of him standing with his arms open and, and calling me to himself. And suddenly the, the futility of holding myself back from him and not surrendering to him uh, became a reality. I knew, I didn't, it wasn't a lot of thought going on. At that moment, it was a total surrender. Lord, I'm giving you my everything. I'd grown up in the church, so I, I, I knew it didn't mean just going to church. I said, Lord, I want to serve you. Please help me. Show me how to do that. And uh, so from that night, I connected with my purpose. I took it as my call from God, really. That night was time to share. And, and he came and did so much, changed my life so, so much. You know, they say the, the blues get bluer and the yellows get yellower and the whites get whiter. And, and, and that doesn't happen for everyone. But for me, certainly, a lot of things changed right then. It was supernatural. I believe he wants that to be all of our encounter and our experience. But even if you don't have that kind of experience, he's still the same God and wants to meet you in a personal way to take you where you need to go to fulfill what you're called to do in your time. And so that night I connected with my purpose and it was ended to a life of, uh, of following Jesus. That I think was the key issue, following him and it led to service in any possible way of ministry and then into full-time ministry. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so wherever he led, whatever he said to do, it became the center of my attention to say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. Years later, at a pivotal moment while I was asking, Lord, do I take this step out of my job? Do I, do I, do I need to take this step into this full-time ministry thing? Uh, and I was kind of concerned about it on the financial side. And as I was really praying and seeking him, the Lord supernaturally spoke to me through Proverbs 3, verse 5. And what does it say there? It says, you don't have to worry about what you are, how you're going to meet your needs. If you, you want to follow me, trust in me with all your heart. And don't lean on your understanding. What he said is you don't have the privilege or the, or the luxury of resting on how you understand it or how you can figure it out. In fact, that might just get in the way. Doesn't mean we need to put aside logic, but we need to surrender to him and trust him. And so that was the key verse for ever for me is if he said it, I'm doing it. If he didn't say it, I'm not doing it. I want to follow him. Where does he want to go? Where does he want me to lead? And so uh, that was incredible. And since that time, Ron and I got married. We entered the ministry as uh, uh, associate pastors when I was 21. I just turned 21, and she was 19. 
And uh, so, yeah, we've had a, a journey. And the Lord's always been there to lead us and to provide for us. And I really could spend, you wouldn't want to uh, take the time, but every step has been a miracle. Every step has been God revealing himself, showing his way, saying that if he said it, he'll do it. Didn't always work out the way I thought, though. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. But I'll say this, whenever I think of what God did for me from that first night, and that counter with Jesus, and where I might have been if I hadn't responded to him and surrendered to him, as opposed to the life and the blessing that he added to me, uh, it just overwhelms me, man, with the goodness. And, the, and, the, and I'm amazed by how great a God he is that he would care about me. John 1, 3, he says, how great a love God has lavished on us, just poured out and keeps layering it on. Such a love that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's what you are. Or you can be if you don't see yourself that way. He wants you to be his child because he loves you. Now, the truth is, it wasn't always easy, as I mentioned. There have been all kinds of twists and turns and times very challenging. And in spite of doing everything we knew to honor God and to obey him and to follow his leading, there still were times and seasons that we never saw coming. We didn't always understand. Uh, they were unplanned paths and detours. And, but through those times, he was there to direct us through. So, um, hey, checking my time, wow. All right. <laughs> Psalm 37, David said, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I guess I fit that uh, sort of description now. But it's a scripture I've known since I was younger too, that he never failed to honor his word in our lives. So, what do we need to do? Three things I've learned that we need to do uh, if we're going to navigate unplanned paths. Maybe you're there right now. The first thing we need to do is embrace those unplanned paths or those detours as part of God's preparation for what he has in store. He's never done with you until he's done. <laughs> and so he's always working He's always busy uh, setting things together, putting things together, as we'll see in some of the scriptures we'll, we'll look at. But as I, so he's always working toward his ultimate plan for your life. Uh, as I said, in our lives, things don't always go as expected. In fact, they seldom do. And when we go through those seasons, things seem to, we don't understand them. They might even seem to contradict what we think God was telling us we think he has in store for us. I've heard it said that um, between the mountain of promise, that high point where you feel like God's put something in your heart, and he said, I'm gonna do that for you, and then the ultimate fulfillment, that mountain high point of provision, it's not just a straight shot. Sometimes there's the valley of preparation. 
it's a it's an in-between road in order to get us where we need to go. And 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 and, and we we just see, wow, here's a great thing ahead. But as we start walking, we it, it gets tough at times. And and God is working in that time to get us ready, to give us a better understanding. We can't always see the end clearly. We might even see a, a, have a sense of the end, but we can't see the next step always. We can't see the next day, the next week, or the next year in ourselves. Corinthians 13 says, now we see in a mirror dimly. The Amplified Version calls it a blurred reflection. It's a riddle, an enigma. Man, I, we don't have to get it either. You know that? Because he's our God. We just need to hear him and follow him. Uh, and, and he's able to use every situation to prepare us for what he has in store. An example of someone who went through, found themselves on unplanned paths and uh, on their way to fulfilling God's plan for them was Joseph. Um, you guys know his story. At a young age, he was also a teenager when the Lord revealed his ultimate purpose for him through dreams. They were really lofty dreams, and he was excited about them, and you'd think his parents and family would say, yeah, that sounds great, let's get behind you. And so he goes and tells them, well, I saw this dream where you were all bowing down to me. They didn't like that that much. <laughs> and so instead of their support, he got their kind of rejection. In fact, it says his brothers hated him. And so even if you heard from God, it doesn't mean everyone else is going to encourage you along the way. But the Lord is there to encourage you, and he wants to help you through. So between, uh, before the fulfilling of God's promise in his life, he faced incredible adversity. His, he was nearly killed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. Match that. And he was imprisoned for years. And I bet even Joseph, who had a dream, started to wonder what that was all about. In fact, he says to one of the other prisoners, he says, I have never done anything to, be, to deserve being put in this dungeon. So he was questioning for sure. But let me tell you, in spite of where he was and what he went through, in all of those things, God gave him favor. It says they saw that the Lord was with him. And he found favor with his masters. And not only that, God gave him supernatural revelation. You know, whenever he needed it. it they were strategic moments that God was preparing him, but also preparing his way. When people said, hey, I had this dream, I don't get it. Joseph said, well, what was the dream? Maybe I can help you. And so they the Lord kind of made a way for him. The word says your gifts will make room for you. And, and, and so when the time came that Pharaoh had a dream, well, they said, we know this guy. <laughs> I know a guy. He might be able to help. And, when, and, and so in that place of supernatural revelation, Joseph with time learned it wasn't him that was able to do it, but it was God. When the Pharaoh said, can you help me with my dream? He said, I can't do it said, but dreams belong to God, and I belong to God. And when I'm walking with God, I can figure out what I need to when I need to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? You never are without what you need to do what you need to do. 
and I hadn't planned to use this scripture, but I shared it before in, in Corinthians. He says, he says, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you can abound in every good work. And do we have all that we need? We have it in Jesus. And so the key is getting close to Jesus, knowing he's preparing me. And the way he prepares me is ultimately to teach me to follow him yeah. more closely, more, more, in more detail. And so God fulfilled his promise to him. And in the end, he was appointed as second in charge over all of Egypt. What? How'd that work? I was a prisoner yesterday. <laughs> I'd been a slave. I don't have the background. Maybe you don't have that. Maybe you didn't ever get that degree. Maybe you did. Either way, did you get close to Jesus? <laughs> Are you listening to him? And so God appointed him. And, and, and so what happened is he became a source of supply for God's people, the people of Israel, and all of his family, and ultimately they came and had to bow to him. They didn't even know who he was in order to just live, to survive. And so when the, Joseph, Joseph's father eventually died, his brothers were like, oh, whoa, <laughs> maybe Joseph's going to take out his revenge on us now that our dad's gone. And when they were, came to him, he said, don't be afraid. He said, what you intended to harm me, what the enemies intended to harm you, to stop you, to hurt you, to keep you from God's best, to whatever you intended has not harmed me because God intended it for good to accomplish what's now taking place. And so God has good intentions for us. Did you know that? His intentions for you are always good intentions for your life. He's going to work it out. He's going to make it happen. He's preparing you for what he ultimately has in store. You might think, well, I don't even, uh, God is, you know, hasn't told me the whole story. Maybe he just gave you a glimpse. You know, he showed you the good part. He showed you the easy part. Ever been like that? You, you kind of felt like the Lord was leading you and it was all exciting. You didn't realize, as I said earlier, it's a, it kind of, uh, there's a path to walk. You might have thought you were being directed to obey and take steps toward one thing, and when you get there, it doesn't really work out. And it's something totally different that, to be honest, if you knew the truth, you probably wouldn't have taken those steps of obedience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know that's happened to us. We, we were excited about the plan, and then we get there, and it wasn't that easy. And uh, you might not have taken that, but those are important steps because those steps you need to take so God can position you exactly where he needs you to be so that you can fulfill his plan exactly where you need to fulfill it at exactly the right time. Just like Joseph, he positioned him through slavery and prison. That's not the career path we're looking for, but ultimately it got where he needed to go. Hear what I'm saying? Even when you might have made bad choices or chosen not to obey God or, you know, just didn't listen to the counsel you needed to listen to and things seem like they've gone a little off the rails, guess what? God's not surprised. He's able to 
redirect you. I used to have one of those, uh, you all did, one of those standalone GPS devices. You, you remember them and you put your, you put your destination, now they're all in our phones, but put your destination in and, and, and you follow the track and it just tells you go this way, go that way, you don't even have to think too hard. And, but what happens when you miss the turn? <laughs> or you don't obey. Uh, it, well, the one I had, it used to say, recalculating. <laughs> recalculating. <laughs> recalculating. And so I know that that's how God can work with you too. You might just miss that turn. And he says, well, no problem, I'm recalculating. I'm redirecting. I know how to get you where you need to be. And so you need to trust that. You know, the scripture we know so well, Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And those plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. They're plans to give you hope and a future. So don't give up. He's working. He's preparing you for what's coming ahead. So the next thing we need to do in all of this, when we don't really understand the plans and detours, the, the paths and detours that we're on, is we need to focus our vision. You need to focus your vision and keep running your race, even when you can't see clearly and in spite of what you think is happening. Hebrews 12, he says, let's throw aside everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, whatever's getting in the way, get it out the way. Get it out the way. You can't afford that in your life. And let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Is he talking about all of us together exactly the same? No. It's unique to you. Your race is unique to you, and it's being marked out for you. And, and, and uh, no one else can run it, <laughs> you know that? You have a purpose that you need to serve for the Lord in your time, in your generation, and you need to fulfill that purpose. It doesn't help at looking at the negatives and, the, and having the question. What you need to do is trust that he's, uh, focus on him and know that he's working it out. And so to stay your course, you need to focus your vision on others. And I need to say, that race you're running isn't against others. You know, it's not a competition, folks. Don't let what they do or don't do affect you. You need to make sure you're running your race because no one else can run it for you. And if you don't run it, it won't be run. And what God has in mind will not be fulfilled. And so you Stay on the course and you focus your vision. The way you do that is fixing your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one who writes his story on our hearts. He writes the story of your life on your heart. He's writing that out. And he's the one who's gonna bring it to its perfect conclusion if you follow him. And so as you, as you look to him, he's writing that story. Nothing you're going through is new to him. Psalm 139, 16, he says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your race can only be clear as you fix your eyes on Jesus as you focus your attention 
fully on him. As you say, I don't know what's going on around me. I, don't, we're, I haven't got, back in the day, we had map books, and I used to have to plot. When we started the ministry in uh, east side of Johannesburg, there were lots of folks, and I had to visit them, and, and, and I had to figure out the course, and so I got the map book, and I had to have a little stick, uh, uh, you know, a, a sticker on the end, and I had to go from X3 to X7 to, you know, and it was quite an a, a ordeal to visit three or four folks <laughs> in different parts of the city, and uh, it was a tough thing. And uh, uh, that, that, that the Lord's writing his plan on your life, and he doesn't give you that map book. Romans 7, 6 says, we no longer live according to written code, but a new way by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we need to be looking for. That's what we need to be listening for. And so we can only see the next step. We can only see the next day. We can only see the next page of that story that he's writing by watching him closely. It's not a perfectly laid out, pre-prepared plan and checklist. It's not, you might say, well, I think that's what I want to see. I've got to do this and do that. But in actual fact, the Lord says, what you need to do is you need to follow me. That's the central point here. And so God, our goal is to keep our eyes on him, even in those detours, even in those tough times. Even Jesus said, he said, I can do nothing of myself. I can only do what I see the Father doing. So finally, the last thing we need to do is trust that the Lord is working. <laughs> he is working. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20, he says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. They are yes, and so his promises are yes for you. Even if it doesn't feel like it, his promise is yes, I'm gonna work with you. I'm still, I'm on your side. You're not on your own here. There yet. And he says, and through him we speak the amen to the glory of God. How do we speak the amen? When he says it, we just walk it out. And we say, let it be, Lord, let it be. Let it be for me as you intend. You see, you're his work of art. Ephesians 2 says, we are God's workmanship, his work of art, his poetry, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's prepared what you need to do in advance of you doing it. And he's created you to do what you need to do in advance of you getting there. But he's working with you all the way. He's always busy. The song says he's our way maker. And even when I don't feel it, he's working. Yeah. Yeah. He's working. Philippians 2.13 says God, it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He's creating within you certain desires and passions, but he's also prompting you to take certain steps so that you can ultimately fulfill his purpose. And we know in Romans 8, he says he's working all things for the good of those who love him. So don't lose heart. God hasn't lost sight of you. You might feel like years have been lost and 
Finances have been lost, opportunities has been lost. Joel 2, 25, he says, I will repay for those years that the locust has eaten. I will restore you. I promise that I haven't forgotten you. What I need for you is to know and embrace these detours that you're experiencing as preparation. I need you to focus your attention on me and determine to run your race and not be put down by somebody else's race or other people's intentions about you. Know that my intentions are good and ultimately put your total trust in him that he is working and he's working it out. As he said to me, trust in me with all your heart. Don't go leaning on your understanding. Surrender to him. I'm preaching to myself as well as to you. I, it's, a, it's not always easy. But God's detours aren't dead ends. They're part of his divine design to shape you and mold you and prepare you for that purpose. They're opportunities for you to grow in your faith and hope and love if you need it, if you always need it. They're invitations to experience his presence and his power and his supernatural intervention in your life. So, can I say this? Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on God's plan for you. Don't give up on yourself. God is with you. He's in you. He's for you. You have a destiny, a calling, and a mission, and you have your race to run. Let's run it well. Would you mind standing with me as we pray?